Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 98. The EchoCast is a podcast about the division, the whole franchise, its community, news, speculation, and anything else I feel like talking about. I am Bond Diesel. I do division things, but enough about me. Let's get right into it. Today we're going to talk about State of the Game 146. Division 2 Weekly News, some media event clues, and quote-unquote leaks, and such. Some community topics, maybe. I actually don't think I have any this week, because the subreddit was dead. Some listener questions, and content updates. I want to thank... Our Patreon supporters this month, Hassan, Christian, Darren, Justin, Tim, PK, DJ, Jimmy, and the newest supporters, Benny and Tony. Thank you all very much. If you want to support the podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. The goal is if we hit 15 patrons, we're currently at 10. I'll remove the ad from the stream or from the podcast and uh, we'll just, because I'll make it'll, it'll, it makes more sense to do that. So we need five more. If we get it, I'll get rid of the ad happily. I honestly hate breaking for it, but it helps me justify the time. So if you can support great, if not totally cool, just a reminder, I do have a DZ agent statue giveaway going on. Uh, go over to my Twitter. It's the pinned post. I am at bond diesel. Um, it, it might be in the description of the podcast. I think I forgot last week, so I'll try to remember this week. It does end on February 19th. That's just a couple weeks. And I'll announce the winner during the live recording of the 100th episode. Uh, just a reminder that uh, I did add some new ways to enter into that. So if you already entered, I suggest going back and checking it out. Okay, on to the state of the game recap. Um, well, this will be pretty short, to be totally honest. Um, today we had Hamish, Drew, again, and then John. I'm not even going to bother trying to say his last name. I assume he's a Swede, and there's a bunch of dots and consonants all put together, and it doesn't make any sense, so I'm not going to bother. But they all re- kind of recap the story of Division One, Division Two. Um for some reason, who knows why, but it may have something to do with something happening next week. Uh, when it came to recapping the story, um, I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but basically it's talking about how um, Amherst started, you know, he felt basically that the world was taking advantage of what it had, it was a disease that, you know, that we need to thin out the population um, because it wasn't sustainable the way we were doing things. Um, And through a series of resentment, and he was kind of known in his scientific community for these thoughts. Uh, So he um, took it upon himself to design a modified smallpox vaccine 
and release the dollar uh the dollar flu as it became known um at the um uh the 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 big mall um the Broadway Emporium I believe is what we called it in the in division 1 so it talked about how your first agent was part of a second wave of these um uh these kind of undercover uh, governmental agents that were only supposed to be called upon by the president and and uh, report to the president in the event of a total catastrophe where all of the regular uh, social and cultural and um, you know kind of systems have failed. Uh, the first wave was a small um, group of people who were activated. And uh, it, it didn't work, <laughs> basically. Um, it wasn't enough people. It, um, it it just failed. And as we found out later, some of those agents um, went turned and either uh, went after their own desires or teamed up with um, other groups uh, to 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 do that. So. Um, at the end of Division One, we find that Amherst um, is dead by his own virus. I think on the tweets today, I think I messed up and said that Keener killed him. I don't think Keener killed him, uh, but we do find that uh, Keener has taken all of Amherst's information and his 3D printer um, that can that made the virus, um, and then we find out later that he also has uh, Vitaly Chernenko, who is a Russian virologist that was in New York city for a conference. Um, and he was in the Russian consulate mission where he was taken by the LMB, um, which is how I, I believe Keener acquired him was through them. And then, uh, you know, we find out that bliss is the big baddie. We know that the Rikers, Lorraine Barrett, uh, we run into her at Lexington and we have the cleaners, Joe Farrow, who we run into, who's the um, kind of the, the the crazies of all the factions. Um, honestly, they end up not really playing much of a, a role in the actual story, now if I think about it. But um, they were still these like kind of bad people we had to get rid of from New York City. Um, and then at the end of Division One, yeah. So Keener gets away with the 3D printer. He has Chernenko. Um, we find out that. Uh, there was a secret mission in Division One in the West Side Pier that you could uh, actually, in hindsight, hinted and kind of told us that we would be going to D.C. next. Um, and then Division Two uh, takes place, I believe it was seven months later. Um, they they never really specify the agent that we play as, um, whether they're first wave or second wave. We find out from the novels and the comic that... Um, just because of the first wave agents in New York City um, basically disappeared for various reasons, um, that there's no reason to believe that all of the first wave failed. Um, and to consider that there were first wave agents in smaller cities and even more rural areas, um, and that likely made it. Um, but then the second wave agents as well, all of them are called to DC when the Shade Network gets taken down for unknown reasons. Um, for our agent that we play as, they are in a coastal city. I assume it's supposed to be in the Northeast. Um, when the Shade uh, Network goes down. And then that's our first hint at the Black Tusk. At the very end of that little beginning sequence, you see one of the Black Tusk um, hovercraft. And um, 
you know, in Division Two, your agent shows up to DC with this call that's been sent out to everyone, and you find that the network is down. You assume it's one of the local factions. Um, there's the hyenas, the true sons, and the outcast, as well as the underground and ambusher faction. But we don't know too much about them yet. We just fight them a little bit, and there's some appearance. They they make some appearances in the story, but not anything significant yet. And the hunters can't forget about them, but we also don't know much about them. Uh, so basically, we take out all of the factions in DC. We restore the Shade Network. Over time, we find out that there was this weird group. Um, through Echoes and some other intel um, that was actually the ones taking down the Shade Network. It wasn't the True Sons or the Outcasts or the Hyenas. Uh, it was someone else. Uh, you defeat all of the uh, factions in DC. You take back the city. You help out uh, the, the settlements that are remaining because one settlement gets destroyed by the True Sons. And uh, at the end, after you restore everything and get everything good again, uh, the Black Tusk invade, and the Black Tusk are a private military company, or a PMC, um, similar to the LMB. Uh, I actually believe that in the Grand Washington Hotel, there's reason to believe um, Douglas and Harding, which is the, the brand um, that they wear, or that you know there's some association with, um, the robotics company that makes all of their robotic gear, the Black Tusk, and uh, Colonel Bliss, who, who was the leader of the LMB in New York City, um, I believe the Black Tusk are actually made up of the LMB that was not deployed to New York City, to Manhattan, before everything shut down. So I think everything shut down. They quarantined Manhattan. Um, the LMB got stuck there and tried to basically establish themselves. But the LMB that was outside of New York City, I believe, consolidated and became the Black Tusk or rolled into the Black Tusk. I, I suspect that will be explained at some point. We'll see. So long story short, at the end of the game, we find out that President Ellis, who was the Speaker of the House, um, who became president after the president and the vice president both died, um, one due to sickness and the other one due to a inflicted suicide, as we find out through um, an echo, I believe, um, Ellis ends up being in the Black Tusk pocket and uh, tries that well does help them out and we have to get back these broad spectrum antivirals from them at Tidal Basin. Uh, these antivirals can be used to cure um, the, the dollar flu and possibly anything else that gets made um, with Keener's new 3D printer and Chernenko. So we do that. We get the antivirals back in Tidal Basin. Um, and then in episode one, we almost catch President Ellis, but miss him at the, um, uh, the the mission at Camp David, which is the presidential retreat. White Oak is what they call it in the game. Uh, we also wipe out uh, the, the leader of the outcasts at the zoo, but that doesn't really directly impact the story. Um, and then in episode two, we go to the Pentagon, where we find out Black Tusk is in um, down underneath the Pentagon in the DARPA labs where um, they've discovered a bioreactor that can replicate the broad spectrum antiviral and it can uh, it can be used for good or bad it probably it sounds like so um, they want it but so does the shade agents 
And so we take it from them and put it in the White House. And then we need someone to run it. And that runs us into what I think episode three is going to be. I think we're going to go to the ballpark mission. And I think we are going to get back of um, Trenenko from the Black Tusk. Uh, from the, the story video they put out last week. Um, to me, it looks like Keener has given the Black Tusk Chernenko because the Black Tusk need Chernenko after they get back the bioreactor, which I wonder if that's going to be a plot point of them attacking the White House. But then the, the Shade Agents and the new leadership in D.C. needs Chernenko to run the bioreactor that they currently own. So they both need him, and Keener probably knows that. And I assume the Black Tusk are going to give him something that is worth giving up Chernenko. Um, and he probably also knows that it's going to take some of the pressure off of him uh, by having the Shade Agents focus on the Black Tusk and not him. Um, I think that they have they originally kind of made it sound like this um, episode three was going to be us hunting Keener. I now think um, they do reference him in that episode three trailer at E3 last year. Um, but I still think now that I, I think that we may briefly see him or something, but I think the mission is going to be to recover Chernenko from the black tusk. And then I believe the other mission, um, I think it's the, the theme park or whatever it's called. Um, I think that's actually from the stream today. I think that's the new stronghold for the cleaners, um, with whoever is in leadership of them now. And I think we're going to. Uh, wipe out the cleaners. I bet that we get a message from Fei Lau or something that says, Hey, um, I know you're taking care of what you're taking care of there at the ballpark, but you know, the cleaners are the strongest faction left and they've grouped up at this place in Coney Island. Uh, can you take them out for us to help us out? And I think that's, what's going to happen. So, um, I promise I don't have any insider information on this. Uh, this is me guessing completely and just kind of taking in some of the clues we've gotten. Um, and then after that, I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Uh, so so they summarized it. I hope that's a decent summary. If you didn't hear it yourself, if you did, I apologize for wasting your time. Um, the other part of the stream is basically they 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 didn't confirm when episode three is dropping. And let's let's we'll just go ahead and jump into that. So what I will say first is that they've basically said it's going to come out on the 11th, which is next Tuesday. And the reason I believe that is one, um, some ETF people and others and some, I think even some devs um, have hinted to or sort of kind of confirmed that it's the 11th. Um, I also think that when what from what they talked about, they said it won't be the last week of February. They said it will all be in February. So I take that as the early access and the full release will not be the last week and it will be in February. And so the only way that that can happen is if the early access is on the 11th and it goes out for everyone on the 18th. So there's that. Any reason I think it's coming out next week other than that is purely speculation. Wink. Um, that said... <laughs> Uh, so I will say from, you know, my thoughts on the state of the game, um, it was fun to hear a recap on the story. I, I will say that I kind of thought we would get some really cool, like insider, like, oh yeah, we were going to do this, but then we decided to do that instead with the story or, 
or like, oh yeah, we ne- we weren't able to put in a mission that explained that this happened, or oh yeah, we had this idea for this thing to happen, but we just get, didn't have time or never put it in. Um, but instead, it was kind of like a general recollection of the story. But th- I think they were wrong about some stuff, um, and they kind of seemed to not know much about some of the stuff. Which for Drew, I mean, he's a he's a gameplay guy. I get that he doesn't know everything. Um, I don't. I, 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 it sounds like John was saying he's been involved with Division since um, the the conceptualization conceptualization of it. Conceptual. I can't. I can't English real good. Um. So that was. I don't know. I just. I thought there would be some more cool tidbits in there, and basically there was just a. No offense, but sort of mediocre retelling of the story. Um. So, but still, it was fine. It was cool to get some of that insight. Um. So there's been a bit of a hubbub about them not releasing the actual date, especially if it is going to be the 11th. So what I don't think a lot of people realize, and and this is something that goes back to division one, like from day one, basically is that I don't think people realize that massive is a studio who is owned by Ubisoft. who's a multi-billion dollar company. And what I mean by that is that it's a giant corporation. And I've worked for Verizon Wireless and they're corporate. I have worked for GameStop as a manager um, and assistant to a regional. And I have not assistant directly, but long story short, I dealt with a regional manager a lot and learned a lot about that company. And what I don't think people realize is that like, so, so this update is coming. They, I mean, they obviously know what date, and they've probably known what date it's dropping for a while. So Massive, even though they make Division, they they do everything Division, any tidbit of information they give out, especially before the game, like before it drops, is 1,000% under the discretion of Ubisoft marketing or PR. I don't... Uh, this is where I'm a little ignorant, but... It is up to Ubisoft um, what gets released, and, it, and and even stupid stuff, even stuff that you would be like, no, why Ubisoft doesn't need to approve that? Anything that's released that isn't already known or released officially has to be approved, and it's been like this since the first game. Um, now let me make it very clear: I'm not defending this. Um, I, I I'll get into it, but you know they know the date that this is coming. It's going to be Tuesday, as far as I can tell. But for whatever reason, someone at Ubisoft has said, no, you aren't allowed to tell them that yet. Now, my most likely guess is that um, the PlayStation and Xbox approval systems uh, or timelines can be long. And either my, my guess is that um, the patches they they may have waited, you know, because they probably want to work on it until they until the last minute, and then they submit it, and and when they submit the patches and the new data uh, for testing from both of the consoles, they um, probably know like okay they're going to approve it by Monday, therefore you know we'll release it on Tuesday, but something may happen where they can't. So they don't want to get into a situation where they tell everyone that, yes, it's the 11th. And then on the 10th, they find out there's a game breaking bug um, and they can't send it out. 
So that's my guess is that there's some type of uncertainty that could happen that they don't want to deal with the the crap show of telling people it's going to release out on a day and then it doesn't come out for longer. I think that happened in division one a couple of times. Um, now <laughs> on the other hand, uh, it's, it's kind of pained me and through some personal conversations I've had and things like that, that like, there's always more that massive wants to tell us they just aren't allowed because that's the way it works. What's frustrating for me is there's been multiple times, including last week when, um, or even the announcement of division two coming when Ubisoft will put out trailers or press releases or other media early, which throws the, community developers and everyone in the customer facing side under the bus is now the surprise or whatever is ruined. And then they also keep these guys from giving us information that makes it look not transparent and kind of crappy. So I guess I'm just really frustrated at this point, like for the people at massive I'm sure there's all kinds of cool stuff they'd love to tell us, but they aren't allowed. But they've also been undercut repeatedly by people at Ubisoft, whoever makes these decisions, um, with information coming out that shouldn't. And then even false information coming out from Ubisoft. Um, like Ubisoft Brazil announced that episode three was dropping on February 3rd. Well, it obviously didn't, but that was an official channel. Now, from what I can tell, Brazil has released information both true and false repeatedly so that seems like they're just kind of a shit show for for lack of a better term um so just from my experience um this is the perfect example of giant system bureaucracy and both from a corporate side i've i've seen it in corporations that i've worked for even in the small agency i work for now i see it not as bad but i see it Um, And I was a government worker for about two years and it was just as bad, if not worse than Verizon and GameStop there. So I've seen this where there's like five different groups of people who all have to be on the same page and give permission or change things for people below them, but none of them talk. And then that's how this stuff happens. So someone makes the decision to drop a trailer on one day when and they don't tell anyone else when another person could have said no don't do that because it won't be till the next day that we're going to release that information and then you have a trailer come out early or an article about division two being developed come out you know two hours before they make the official announcement frustrating um so i, I mean i get it i don't blame people for being frustrated um but your beef should be with ubisoft and not with massive Maybe you see them as one and the same. That's fine. It's it's an ignorant way to look at it, if you want my opinion. But all the power to you. You can do whatever you want. But if you really want to try to understand, like, why these things happen like this and and, and how this stuff works, I suggest, like, looking into it (laughs) and and not just getting angry. Because, um, at least from what I've seen, most people are getting mad at the wrong people. Um. I I will try to give Ubisoft credit that they have some great wisdom for why they're so weird about this type of information. Like I said before, maybe it has something to do with approvals and things like that. Um, I don't know. 
but what, but what's annoying is I know that the massive people want to be more transparent and give us way more information. Um, and it seems like they're handcuffed pretty heavily by Ubisoft in that. Um, and they can't say that because you know, <laughs> it's their boss. So, um, yeah. So I don't know, that's my take on that. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. But all right. So the other thing, um, so that, that state of the game, that was, um, so that was that I suspect that the next few state of the games are going to be very interesting. I think the fact that they couldn't tell us about them, um, as well as the other things I talked about made it pretty clear that I think we're getting episode three on the 11th for early access and we'll go from there. Okay. So division two news. Um, part of the reason I think this is happening is because, um, last week, uh, after the podcast I did, um, it became pretty obvious that there was some type of division two event that went down, um, at least in San Francisco and potentially in some other places. um, so there were some fairly prominent people who, um, because of some retweets from um, people that would only be division associated, including like, um, ETF members and so on, uh, Paris from Gamertag radio, um, went to an event and, uh, Fran from, uh, kind of funny, uh, went to an event and, People associated directly with Division 2 uh, were kind of making notice of it. Um, so it definitely seems like it was Division 2 related. Um, friend Mirabella from Kind of Funny posted something about being at an event for... Um, it wasn't what some people thought. People were guessing some other games. Um, but he made it pretty clear. Um, and then I actually made a post on the Kind of Funny Twitter something. I can't remember. Um, to Greg, um, Game Over Greggy, which most people should know who he is, Greg Miller, saying like, hey, uh, are you excited about what Fran got to see today? And he says, oh, that was yesterday. So he confirmed it. And if you don't know, Greg Miller is a huge, giant fan of Division. Um, and then uh, Paris from Gamertag Radio um, made it pretty suggestive and obvious that that's what it was in some capacity um, without, you know, totally making it too obvious. And he, um, what he made a comparison to of what he saw, uh, was the taken King from destiny one. Now I'm not a big destiny fan. If you've heard any, heard me talk about it before, but what I do know is that taken King was a turning point for destiny as a franchise, not just destiny one as a game. Um, taken King was from what I can gather, an even bigger deal than the Forsaken DLC for Destiny 2, which kind of turned that game around. Um, but I'm under the impression that Taken King was an even bigger turnaround. Um, so to see someone who is a big fan, I mean, he, I, I, I believe Paris is quite the fan of Destiny, um, make that comparison uh, was encouraging. Um, there were also people there like Mtashed. Um, he's a guy who, when there's new Division content, he covers it. And honestly, when he's covering Division 2, in my opinion, he's the best creator um, that's covering Division 2. The problem is, is that there's been so little content over basically since the raid that he has had no reason to really cover it. But when he does, I think he's one of the best, um, especially from like a big creator perspective. Um, a big problem that Division has is that it's got more than enough like small creators um, with, in my opinion, a fairly low level of sophistication. Um, 
some pretty mediocre, uh, if not bad creators, including myself. Why not? Um, but you know, when there are big people who come in, who give us some really high quality content for the game, it, I think it's a really good thing. Um, unfortunately, even when we had big creators on division, um, they, you know, I don't think really represented the community very well, but we'll move on from that. Um, so there was definitely some type of event. It was, seems like it was definitely division two related. Um, I don't think they would have done an event like that for episode three. I think they may have done some capture sessions for, uh, for episode three. Um, but I think that they did this event and brought these really big people in for more than just two missions. So whatever this gear 2.0 update is, um, if it's being compared to taking King, um, and they've already told us that there's content coming with taking King or <laughs> taking King with, um, the gear 2.0. I'm starting to think that Gear 2.0 is just a small slice of what may be essentially a giant restart of the game. Um, I don't really have any reason to believe that at this point, but it seems like if I want to deduce some things, that that may be what we're looking at. So um, I'm excited. I, um, I I wonder if all the secrecy and quietness um, means something. Um I've kind of suspected for a while, like I wonder if episode three is going to hint or, or, or somehow like insinuate what's coming next in year two or whatever's coming in the gear 2.0 update, or I guess it's going to be T8, I assume title update eight. Um, and how soon it's going to come. I think it's going to be sooner than later. I know some people think it's not going to be till like June or something. I don't think that's true, but we'll have to see. So I don't know. What I do know is I'm going to move the other gaming news to after the 30-second mid-roll, which is going to start right now. Okay, in the other gaming news, I'm going to talk about the new consoles that are coming. So the first um, bit of information is that uh, the mystery port on the Series X uh, photos that have been leaked, um, it was originally thought that it was probably like a debugging port that they could plug the systems into a PC and then make like changes to maybe like adjust like the GPU, the CPU, and maybe try to dial in the systems to push them to their limit, but not too far. Or to just collect data, uh, temperatures and things like that. Um, it's come out and I believe essentially been confirmed that that actually is not one of those ports. That it's a proprietary M.2 storage add-on slot. Um, so the new systems, both PlayStation and Xbox are going to have, um, M.2, probably NVMe, um, storage, solid state drives, which means that they're um, like in the current Xbox and PlayStations, there's a old school hard drive with a spinning disc that, you know, I think they're 5,400 RPM ones. Um, and, and they're slow, <laughs> they're bad They're in modern gaming. You shouldn't have one. Even on my fairly cheap PC, I have a 250 gig NVMe drive that has escape from Tarkov and my operating system on it. And, um, it's just the way games are now. And it is way better. My windows starts up in like 10 seconds compared to the like couple minutes it used to take on a regular hard drive. So the fact that Xbox is adding a whole port where you can add essentially however big of an NVMe drive you can afford. Um, that's awesome. What concerns me is that those drives are insanely expensive. 
So I'm wondering if they're going to have some type of deal where they can get um, the the costs so low because they buy them at price, or they're just going to take a loss on them. Maybe I'm I'm curious how they're going to do that. But even a like a one gig NVMe M.2 drive is is not cheap. <laughs> they're very expensive. Now what this puts this in line with is the PlayStation 4 actually has the ability to replace the hard drive. And when solid state drives became cheap enough, um, people actually replaced their regular hard drives and their PlayStations with solid state drives. And I've seen people just rave about how much better it was. So um, that seems like it's something that's going to be a big deal. Um, both of the systems are bragging a lot about this load time thing. And uh, I'm excited to see. Um, I know a lot of people, especially with Xbox, don't really understand why anyone would want to upgrade. Um, for me, it's going to be that all the games I currently play, it's going to play them the, the best they've ever been played. And, and then games that come out in the next few years, it's going to play them at their, their best possible fidelity. Um, obviously, I could play them on my PC. I really don't like messing with my PC that much. There's a reason I like console gaming and just let me do my thing is what I'm going to say about that. Uh, there was also just a quick little bit of news about the PlayStation five. Um, the official website has opened. Um, it doesn't have any information on it. It basically just says stay tuned. Um, there's a lot of rumors that they think that they may do some type of announcement fairly soon. Um, but now I'm starting to see people say that maybe it might not be till April, um, even May. Um, but they pretty much are, everyone's pretty sure that PlayStation 5 info is going to drop before E3 since they are not attending E3. And they know that Microsoft is probably going to try to basically dominate E3. So I would assume that a few weeks before, um, Sony is going to try to take the conversation and focus on themselves um, by throwing out all of their stuff. Something else that's interesting is that there's some thought right now that PlayStation may not announce the price of the PlayStation 5 until they um, until the Xbox releases their price. Um, I think most people assume that both consoles are going to be 500 bucks. Um, I've seen some hopeful people think that one or both of them will sell for 400. Um, I've seen some more um, conservative people feel like they may sell for as much as 600. Um, I think it's going to be 500. Um, I I think that Sony goes into this generation kind of cocky, and I think they'll be willing to be more expensive or the same price, even if the Xbox is able to tout some hardware superiority. But we'll that's remain you know we'll that's remain to be seen if that's actually going to be true. So my guess is they'll both be 500. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so um, what I will say is on the community topics is this happens every time. Basically, there's an update coming. It happened in Division 1. It's happened in Division 2. Um, it happens with all kinds of games. Um, but what I am going to say is that I think people should be very skeptical um, and be very uh, curious about information you see um, when it comes to leaks and when it comes to like insider info, um, I, I think it's just a lot about looking at sources. Um, if sources make themselves anonymous, 
or if people source information from their friends, but won't say who their friends are, who, um, basically what I'm addressing right now is that there's a creator who has made a video saying, Hey, uh, episode three is coming on the 18th. And here's a, here's a, you know, like a screenshot with information redacted of an email saying the 11th is not the release date and the 18th is, and here's an invitation to a private server where you can play the content early. Um, it could all be true for all I know. Um, but what I'm going to say is that the information I have right now is two supposed creators got these emails saying that, um, they'll be able to test content on the 11th and their embargo will be up on the 18th, which is probably the release date according to this email. Um, and they're, they're going to get access to a private type of basically like a PTS server, but for creators to be able to play content early. Um, so that's the source for that. Um, the source for, for what I think is going to happen on the 11th is, um, publicly posted information from an ETF members, um, and other people and other things, <laughs> which I'll leave it at that. Um, so I could be wrong. Maybe it won't come out till the 18th. Maybe this private server really exists. I've been by told by people who I think know their stuff that there's no such thing as this private server and that any um, stuff that's been captured, people have gone to, ca to capture events to get it. Um, there was some talk of a private server thing with episode two as well. Um, but the people who released um, videos like right when the embargo was up for episode two, I believe actually went to a capture event. They didn't do it from home. Um, but there were some videos and some posts and things made from people saying that they got this same type of email. So again, what I'm getting at, I'm not doubting anyone's, you know, it, maybe these emails are real. Maybe all the stuff is true. But at this point, it's the difference between me believing people who I know know things um, or believing that two unknown creators um, have information that uh, disputes what those people say. So it's kind of a he said, she said. Honestly, at the end of the day, we'll know who was right in a couple of days. <laughs> I suspect that if the game, if episode three is coming on Tuesday, um, that they'll release that Thursday or Friday of this week. Um, I can't imagine they would wait until like Monday, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, and if it's not coming until the 18th, they'll probably announce that next week. But I think all signs point to the 11th still. Anyways, uh, we do have one listener qu question this week. Uh, it's from Judd Havens. I believe that was on Twitter. The question is, since it appears that we are going to be getting deeper into the story and returning to New York with Keener and such, I'd love to have an interactive echo in New York or a different city where you play as a first wave agent. Thoughts? Um, I mean, that's a thing that sounds super cool. I'd be very interested to see um, something like that. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, if I have to be totally honest. I think that's something that they aren't going to do like even like a short mode where you play as a whole new agent rate right as everything was kicking off. 
um, that would be probably a division three type of thing. Um, what I think is actually going to happen with that is I think the movie that is coming with Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain, um, that's going to be on Netflix. I think that is going to be, so my ideal for that movie, and this is what I think it's going to be. I think the movie's going to start as the shade agents, the first wave gets activated. I think there's going to be some flashbacks to Jake Gyllenhaal and Chastain, who I assume are going to be agents, um, being recruited and then doing their training in secret and hiding their training from their family and, and what they are from their family and friends leading up to them being activated and then coming back to the present where the movie starts and them probably doing some main mundane things to kind of set the world. And then I assume there's going to be some type of reference to Amherst and or Keener. Um, and there's going to be some type of standoff, but what I hope the movie is going to be is kind of what you're saying is kind of showing us exactly what happened. Um, kind of like, if you remember the, the short film that came out for the first game, which was honestly really good. Um, I believe it was called agent origins, uh, search for it on YouTube. It's really, really good. Um, I suspect it's going to be something kind of like that, but with more to it. Um, you know, everyone knows that these type of move game movies have never worked out super well. So <laughs> I won't get overly excited, but I think kind of what you're saying is what we're going to see from the movie from the game. I think that's a bit of a stretch to ask for. I, I, I don't think they're going to do that, but what do I know? It's a good question though. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, if you have any questions, I do try to make it available on Patreon, on YouTube, on Twitter, in my discord. You can even email me if you want bondieseltwitch at gmail.com. So I check those things regularly. So if you have any questions or topics you want to hear me talk about, go nuts. When it comes to content updates, I just want to remind about the agent statue giveaway that ends on the 19th of February. Go to my Twitter at Bondiesel and look at the banner, the, the pinned tweet for that information. Um, and that, that's basically all I have. I do plan on streaming um, Division 2 again, especially if things really are coming next Tuesday. Um, I want to earn some more money, maybe get, um, I think I still need some exotic materials, so I may do some exotic farming to, to knock those out, and to get, I think there's a couple I'm still missing. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's probably it for this podcast. Um, if you want to support the podcast or my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. If you listen to this on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. I am on B on, uh, I am on Twitch as bond diesel. Uh, it's Twitch TV slash bond diesel, uh, where I try to stream two, three, maybe four times a week. If I can, I am also at bond diesel on Twitter where you can catch my state of the game recaps and anything else I find to post about, um, last if you want some cool echo cast or bond diesel merch, check out bondiesel.live slash merch. That's all I have. So until next time.